The name Gloria Furman is a name familiar to many DG blog readers, and that's because she's a frequent contributor in the Grace at Home blog series at DesiringGod.org. She's also the author of a new book just released titled Glimpses of Grace, Treasuring the Gospel in Your Home. The foreword was written by Lauren Chandler. It's a book loaded from beginning to end with the gospel. At one point, Gloria writes this, quote, Contained within the gospel are the brilliant manifestations of the character of God, whom we need in eternity to behold and to enjoy. We're going to discuss how it is that the God whose steadfast love is great to the heavens is doing a powerful work in your life right under the roof of your own home, end quote. To give you another taste of her new book, here's another excerpt where she talks about the incredibleness of conversion, even ordinary conversion stories. This is what she writes, quote, Being delivered from Satan, sin, and death is anything but average or boring. Having your sins forgiven and being redeemed and made alive is mind-boggling. The idea that anyone's testimony of blood-bought salvation could be uninteresting or unspectacular is a defamation of the work of Christ. Your testimony may have occurred in the most ordinary of circumstances, but behind the scenes, a spiritual battle was taking place. The Holy Spirit of God peeled the scales from your spiritually blind eyes, awakened your soul to the bright light of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ, and breathed life into your lifeless soul. God rescued you from the domain of darkness, however gilded or ordinary or innocent it seemed. Then God transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved Son. No testimony that involves the Son of God bearing your sins on the cross in order to bring you to God could ever be mundane or boring. It is an epic birth story, a born-again birth story, end quote. I love excerpts like that one. Glimpses of Grace is a hopeful book, and it's a book for all women, not just wives and not just for mothers, although in this short interview, parenting will come up quite a bit. Gloria is married to David, the pastor of Redeemer Church of Dubai, and Dave and Gloria, of course, live in Dubai in the Middle East, a city situated on the Arabian Peninsula. They have a busy home. They have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and they're expecting child number four in just a few weeks. It's a busy time for them. Now, I read a lot of books for women. It's actually quite frightening how many books for women I read and many of those books build into some sort of a a community of moms who are all bound together into a, a community of awkward parenting moments you know you say your kid did xyz embarrassing thing well let me tell you what my kid you know you've seen xyz happen with your kid in the bathroom well let me tell you what my kid did in the bathroom i mean this is a a fun way to build community but sadly a lot of christian books for busy moms really don't press much beyond this they end the message on a note that seems to say it's okay if your home is crazy your hair is crazy the laundry is crazy just chill And those books connect with ladies on a certain level, I think. But what Gloria accomplishes in Glimpses of Grace is pressing beyond the busyness to focus on how the gospel is applied to encouraging and correcting a woman in her daily life. And for Gloria, everything goes back to the gospel and builds off the gospel, as you've heard already in the the excerpts that I've, I've quoted from. And I recently asked Gloria when and at what point in her life Did she make this decision to push past the awkward parenting moments and to actually challenge and encourage women with the gospel in the daily situations of life? I asked her, was there for her a personal aha moment where this awareness finally clicked? Yeah, that that was um, a progression of things. I think before the aha moment uh, was a season of uh uh-oh. I was working several part-time jobs and finishing up seminary. My husband was as well. And our first child was born about a month before we graduated. And so I went in a very short period of time from doing all of those things to being at home with 
a tiny uh, newborn who uh, didn't want me to write her any papers <laughs> or <laughs> uh, file anything or, or sort anything out on the computer. Um, she had all of these other needs that were foreign to me. And um, at the same time, we started traveling around doing um, support raising for our work overseas and doing some more trainings beyond seminary. And I saw over the course of time how my, my sense of communion with God was dwindling. And um, I blamed this on my child by name, <laughs> frequently, to my own shame. Um, I would set myself up for what I perceived as this is my time, quote-unquote, to commune with God. And I would set aside that peaceful, quiet time that I knew I would have no... Um, distractions from God, and then she would distract me, or something else would happen, and so I'd go, oh, great, thanks a lot, so-and-so, <laughs> there goes my time with Jesus, um, and uh, I realized uh, slowly as the uh-oh um, moments came to gather and gather and build and build, I was filled with bitterness and anger about my season, and um, I would look forward to a time when I could commune with God away from all of those things because they were hindering me. That was my mentality. And so um, as we got closer to moving overseas, the urgency um, about my spiritual life, or lack thereof, was, was growing, and it, it hit me that all of these things can't possibly be, um, all of these bitterness and anger, couldn't possibly be God's will um, in my life, because surely if he's created motherhood for his own glory then he can use motherhood and home life and homemaking um, to glorify himself and draw me closer to him. So um, I knew there needed to be a shift in thinking. I didn't know how that was going to happen because I had so trained myself to think that when there's complete peace and my mind isn't spinning and there's no clutter on the kitchen countertop, then I'll be at peace. But really the chaos, wasn't in my home, it was in my heart. So uh, the gospel, I found, was the only remedy for the chaos in my heart. And so that's when I started diving into uh, reading more about the gospel, which I had previously thought or assumed was just a checklist on my Christian life. Uh, gospel, check, now I grow deeper. <laughs> so when really um, all of that kind of came to a head when we moved to the Middle East um, around that same time, and I saw how the gospel was the means for my growth and sanctification um, in the midst of the mundane. That's really good. And I think it's the strength of your new book. Um, a major theme in the book is the importance of a, a woman preaching the gospel to herself throughout the day over and over. Obviously, it's, it's true for women, true for men, true for everyone. Uh, it, in your experience, is there a correlation to reading reading books, and particularly the Bible, uh, this, this discipline of reading and your ability to focus on the gospel throughout the day? Uh, and how, how do you do this? What does this look like for you? Absolutely. Um, I know it's so hard to carry around a big book in your pocket uh, all day um, and fixate on words and, and dwell on them, but um, this is why I think scripture meditation and memorization is so key, so helpful. Um, I Before I had a smartphone, I would keep an index card and a golf pencil from uh, I took from a store <laughs> in my pocket until it got sharpened down to a tiny nub, and I would write down um, thoughts 
uh, from God's Word to dwell on on that and then pull it out of my pocket when I was sitting with my children or going about these things. And um, even before they could really understand what I was saying, I would talk with them about it and pretend we were having conversations about these things. And now that they do actually grasp some of these things, um, we can discuss, you know, what's in your pocket, Mom? And... Um, talk about God's Word, and they memorize things, too, or even remind me of things that I've already told them. Um, so, yeah, the uh, accountability to do that will come in time, particularly if you have toddlers who are very good at reminding you of what we always, quote-unquote, do. But, Mom, we always do this on the way to there, and if you can include discussing God's Word, uh, reading things, talking about His truth revealed in, his, in the Bible, um, it'll be a, a more seamless uh, included in your day. Um, my husband is also a very busy uh, pastor and church planter in his work, and so our days don't really ever look the same. So I don't have, um, I haven't guaranteed this hour or this half hour of those things. So I try to make it part of my food um, and consider it as uh I would be craving and hungry and thirsty right now for food. Um, scripture, God's Word, God's food is that much more um, life-giving to me. So I try to recall how God made food and my hunger for food to point me to the greater reality that I need His Word to give me life. In the book, you talk about uh, two deadly attitudes. The first is when a wife says, I'm a terrible housewife. You say that's, that's a deadly attitude. And the second deadly attitude is when you say a wife says, I'm an amazing housewife. So, so what's so dangerous about both of those attitudes? Yeah, the, the, the deadly attitude about being um, dwelling or owning the idea, I'm a terrible housewife. It, it comes along with this sense of, I, I know that I'm so capable of being awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I am so capable of being perfect. So I would just... Um, pile on the condemnation and the guilt um, and the self-loathing, and that becomes my perspective in which I view my life and what God's doing in my life, uh, rather than looking to Jesus um, for what he says about me, and then even the strength to do what he's commanded, um, because I'm so fixated on how awful um, I am at this or that or the other, instead of looking to Christ for for all those things, even though um, it may be true that somebody may be struggling with cooking their whole life, like myself. Um, that doesn't have to be the predominant reality about me because God says that you live in the reality of the gospel, which doesn't change. So that would be the terrible housewife, the amazing housewife where we um, walk around uh, patting ourselves in the back, and it's really quite remarkable that you know, we can do all these things, and when we hear our friends say, I just don't know how you do it, you're like, I know. <laughs> I, I really don't know either, but I have a clue because I'm, I'm pretty good at all these things. And some women are gifted to go about all those things and look like uh, magazine models at the same time and, um, and just have these seemingly perfect lives. But on the inside, I know that when I've had of when things are going pretty smooth, um, I'm tempted and drawn toward basking in pride and self-righteousness instead of in the glory of, of Jesus, who um, secured my salvation forever uh, in his body. 
and he hung on the cross paying for my sins. So the, the fixating on those extremes and having those be the defining reality about our lives in the home is what distracts us from living in the predominant bedrock foundation of, of life in Christ. Something you address in, you're, you're really con- concerned with a wife's propensity to think if the house is clean, the kids have been properly hand sanitized, then there should be a lack of conflict in the home. There should be a shalom in the home. I mean, obviously cleanliness is great, obviously, but but it can also become a superficial attempt and often a futile attempt to bring about and maintain peace in the home or in a woman's own heart. Ex- explain this for us. Uh, I speak for myself. Um, when... Those things are on my mind and on my heart, the, the outer chaos of my home. I'm uh, fixated and obsessed over the how-tos of how to make it all go away and how to make it run more efficiently, um, which is fine. There's tremendous wisdom in learning from other women, um, women you know, women you don't know online or in books. Um, but if, if all of that is done to the neglect of the inner chaos in your soul, um, as you're going about perfecting uh, your life, quote-unquote, uh, you can be driven to do things you never wanted to do because of the chaos in your heart. You belittle your husband's hard work. You overly criticize and, and harshly discipline your children. Um, the hair out of place becomes the biggest thing you can see. And, um, and all of those, those things are a distraction from... Life in Christ, the, the joy-filled, glory-meditating, future grace reality that Jesus has purchased for you with his blood. That's very helpful, Gloria. I'll probably end on this. Um, are there any other warning signs that a wife should be aware of or things that she can do if she, she notices that she is really putting hope in the cleanliness of her home to bring about a relational peace in the home or even a peace in herself? Uh, if, that's, if that's your preoccupation, if that's the preoccupation of your heart, um, there isn't really anyone um, outside of you who can say that. The indwelling Holy Spirit can point those things out. Your friends uh, can point out through your habits and things you say. Um, But if that's something hidden, if this is a hidden struggle, then the indwelling Holy Spirit would be, um, he'd be my go-to. I'd say reveal um, what's in my heart. Show me uh, if there's any any way in me that's not pleasing to you. And he's faithful. He will, he will do that because he is earnestly, passionately burning white-hot glory for, um, for God, and he would be delighted to show you those things um, and even give you the courage to ask for something like that. That was Gloria Furman. Thank you, Gloria, for joining us today on Authors on the Line. And before I go, I must read one more excerpt from Glimpses of Grace. There are so many excerpts I could read, and I would volunteer to read the audiobook if that wasn't totally awkward. So I'll close with this. This is from, I think, page 171. This is what she writes, quote, For me, as I go about my day in my home, I can see how attempting minimalism and simplicity seem like the solution to my discontent. When I glance into my children's room after I've asked them to pick it up and I see piles of books strewn all over the place, the play jewelry has been dumped onto someone's bed, the tiny chunks of crusted Play-Doh litter the floor, I feel a tremendous lack of peace. The clutter bothers me, so I start lobbing vain threats into the atmosphere. If these toys don't get put away properly, I'll assume you don't want them anymore and I'll throw them in the garbage. I might make a mental note of the things I need to organize better. If only I had the particular closet available or more efficient system for 
for storing toys and school supplies and clothes, whatever, then I'd be happy. I think that if I don't see any chaos, then that assumes the presence of peace. That's the deluding lie. I humbly submit to you, if your heart is anything like mine, it doesn't matter how well you've organized your storage closet, your kids' toys, or your inbox, if there is discontent bound up in your heart. End quote. That's from Gloria Furman's new book titled Glimpses of Grace, Treasuring the Gospel in Your Home. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authors on the Line podcast. This free podcast is supported, produced, and distributed by Desiring God in Minneapolis. You can subscribe and find a full archive of episodes by searching for Authors on the Line in the iTunes store or watch for new episodes online at desiringgod.org forward slash blog. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening.